0: time of fighting men and gods. There was a tale. They told it well, and it is remembered against the odds. When Cú Hullin invoked the promise Fergus had made to him, that as Cú Hullin had run before Fergus, Fergus too one day would run before Cú Hullin. the great leader, the former king of Ulster, mighty Fergus, drew his sword and sliced the head of three mountains. He then turned and ran, ran from his foster son, Guhalan, ran from the battlefield, ran from Ulster all the way back to Connacht. And when the armies saw him run, one of their three commanders, not just any one, but Fergus, great Fergus with his mighty sword, great Fergus with his many, many victories, when they saw him turn and run, the courage that had filled their hearts left, and they too turned heel and ran. They ran from Ulster, they ran from Cúhullan, they ran back to the safety of Connacht. Aleel, seeing his army flee, was forced to turn and run as well. But Maeve, the third of the three commanders, she had not run to the fore with Fergus and Aleel. No, when the two men had charged off to face the battle, Maeve had shrugged and turned back home for she had already achieved her objective. All this time, through the fighting in the forge, through the stand of the boys' brigade, Maeve's spies had slowly made their way to Cooley, and unnoticed had taken the great brown bull, the great bull of Ulster, and quietly made their way back home to Connacht. All this over a bull? the slaughter of the boys' brigade, the death of Ferdia in Cuhallan's arms, the ground of Ulster watered with the blood of men, the greatest army Ireland had ever seen assembled. All for a bull. But the Dun Cooley was no ordinary bull. The Dun was the only bull in all of Ulster that would match Finbennig, the white-horned bull of a connacht the white-horned bull born into Maeve's fold but had chosen to reside in alleles as it could not bear to be owned by a woman. In all the world, Vinbennock was the only match for Duncooley. And in all the world, Duncooley was the only match for Finbennock, But still. Bulls. Cows. No. No ordinary bulls were these and not always had they been in the form of bulls. For long, long ago, long before the triple conception and birth of Cúhalan, long before the ill-made match of Maeve and Kohor, long before the beautiful face of Deirdre first turned towards the fresh-fallen snow, long before Macca laid down her curse in her pain and her anguish, and perhaps even before the Morrigan had birthed her only son, Míoc, there were two swineherds, two swineherds of the Tua de Danann. Back in those days, the land of Ireland was greatly covered in trees, and as the sheep needed a shepherd to watch them as they grazed and take them to new pastures, so too did the pigs need a swineherd. And there were two swineherds, Fruach and Ruch, both members of the Tua de Danann, both known for their magic and their mischief as well as their pigs. Each was the swineherd to a king. Farooq was the swineherd to the king of Munster, and Ruch to the king of Connacht. When the beech nuts and the acorns fell richly in Munster, Farooq would invite his friend Ruch to come to graze his pigs among his own and let them grow fat. And when the beech nuts and the acorns fell richly in Connacht, Ruch would return the favour and the two swineherds would watch as their pigs mixed and mingled, snuffling along the ground, growing fat for the winter. Great friends were the two swineherds, till one day some slight disagreement occurred between them. No one can remember what it was. It was so slight, nothing more than a gnat bite to a great bull. But as a gnat bite, it itched, and frook decided to play a bit of mischief upon Rook and he placed a spell that no matter how much the pigs might eat, how much they might feast and gorge themselves, they would grow no fatter. And when Rukt saw this, he placed a similar spell upon the pigs of Rukt, no matter how much they might eat, how many nuts, acorns, apples, table scraps the pigs might devour, they would grow no rounder. In effect, as the days and weeks and months grew on, the pigs began to grow leaner, and leaner, and when at last winter came and it was time to slaughter the pigs for the great feasts, the king of Connacht and the king of Munster were both disgusted to see what scrawny specimens their swineherds had to show them. Both swineherds were promptly dismissed, and the practical joke that had seemed so funny at the time no longer caused them to smile. Frucht and Rutch met up, each blaming the other for their predicament, and the two began to hurl words at each other. And after they had hurled words, they began to hurl fists, and they began to hurl kicks, and bites, and pokes, and jabs. And then one took up into the sky in the form of a great eagle, the other following hot upon his tail. And the two eagles gnashed at each other, tearing with their beaks and tearing with their talons. Feathers fell from the sky like rain. And then one took the form of a great deer a great stag with mighty antlers and the other took the form of a stag too and the two stags clashed against each other fighting their hooves tearing up the earth then they became two fearsome boars with mighty tusks and each tried to gore the innards of the other one out then they became as two dogs then they became as two cats they became two bears clawing at each other and then they became two dragons one breathing fire and one breathing ice Then they became two horses, kicking at each other with their hooves, biting with their teeth, running as fast as the wind. For years on knowing they fought, changing their form constantly. Sometimes they fought in the air, sometimes they fought on the land. They fell fighting into a river and became two eels, winding about each other, trying to squeeze the life from the other. But the sky, the earth and now the rivers had grown sick of their fighting. And so the river made a mighty swell and washed the two eels out into the sea and there a great wave came and parted them. It took one eel thrashing up to the north, and it took the other eel squirming off to the west. The two eels each tried to fight their way out of the sea, each managed to find a river and to swim up it. But the long, long, long years of fighting had tired them, and so they rested a time in the water, growing smaller from the great eels they had been to something more akin to a worm. And as they rested, some cows came by and drank from each river. One cow, a white heifer, drank from the river in Connacht. And one cow, a brown heifer, drank from the river in Ulster. And as they were drinking, each cow swallowed a small worm that had been resting in the river. And the worm wormed its way through the cow and began to grow. And in time each cow gave birth to a calf, to two fine bulls, one with white horns, one with brown flanks. And these two bulls grew to be the greatest bulls Ireland had ever seen, the Dun coolie of Ulster and Finbennock of Connacht. Of course, no mortal alive at the time could remember the great fight between the two swineherds. A nun had the faintest of inclinations, that either of the two great bulls was anything more than, well, a magnificent bull. Even the Dun Cooley and Finbennock had forgotten that they had once been swineherds, that they had once taken the shape of men, then the shape of eagles and stags and every creature between. But something they did remember, something deep within them, deeper than bone. For when the Dun Cooley was led into the pasture where stood the Finbennock, The great brown bull made a mighty roar, and the great white bull answered, and the two great bulls, the two greatest bulls that there had ever been, charged at each other. The bellowing cry was heard all through Ireland. The army fleeing from Ulster was stopped in their tracks, listening, wondering what great and terrible creature could be making that sound. The two bulls howled, they roared, they bellowed, they crashed against each other, trying to knock the other over. They gored with their horns, they kicked with their legs, they fought with the strength of stallions, they fought with the strength of stags, they fought with the strength of eagles, and they fought with the anger of men. As they fought, they frothed from the mouth, and as they fought, the white froth turned to pink and then to red and dripped down upon the soil. Each dealt to the other mighty blows, but at last the Dun the brown bull, managed to get its horns under the throat of Finnock, the white bull. It sliced and the blood spilt upon the ground and turned the brown bull red. Finn gave one last cry, and then the mighty white bull of Connacht fell to the ground. The Dun stood triumphant over his foe. It threw its head back and roared. It turned to the north and it roared its victory to the sky. It turned to the south and it roared its victory to the earth. It turned to the east and it turned to the west and it told of its great victory to the rivers and to the seas. And it turned up to the sky and it let out one last great roar. And then, in exhaustion, it succumbed to the wounds that the white bull had dealt upon its body. The brown bull collapsed and died next to the body of the white. The two greatest bulls Ireland had ever seen lay dead, lay dead as did the boys' troop, lay dead as did Ferdia and many other heroes. And all that blood was spilt for what? For pride? For jealousy? for a great, deep injury that had been done onto not only the body but a soul. After the cattle raid of Cooley, there were no victors, only those who had lost and those who had lost more. And the story finally had an end. But from that ending would grow many more tales, tales that were spawned in grief and in enmity. But those are other stories, and we'll have to wait for another time and I have finally after much 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 delay finished The Torn as I've said before this is my retelling of The Torn uh, some things might be slightly different from other tellings um, I hope you've enjoyed it I hope uh, thank you so much for sticking with it with my long breaks between episodes it's Finally done. Done and dead as the Dun Coolie. And thank you so much for listening.